a lot of times people don't even know what their bound, well, like I said, what their boundaries are. And so the exercise was like to essentially write all the things that really matter to you. Like if on your deathbed, yeah. you were like, someone asked you what was most important to you. You're, you know, you wouldn't say, I just loved that I got to watch Cassie's Instagram stories every day. And I wish I could have done that more. It forces you to get pretty nitty gritty. And then it forces you to then evaluate your day. You're listening to Rebel Heart Radio, hosted by nutritional therapist Cassie Knavel and professional esthetician and makeup artist Genevieve Blair. A lifestyle podcast about clean living, making money, and badass people that inspire us endlessly. We created this podcast to walk through the tough moments of life with you, inspire you to live more intentionally, and frankly, because we like to talk. Thanks for joining us today. Make sure to catch our weekly episode and subscribe to us anywhere you listen to podcasts. If you have iTunes, we would be forever grateful for your review on our podcast. Let's get to our latest episode. The materials and content within this podcast are for general information and educational purposes only and are not to be considered a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Hey guys, welcome to this episode of Rebel Heart Radio. Today, Cassie had the wonderful pleasure of interviewing Jess Gartner, and I could not be there. So this has been a wonderful pleasure for me because I've been able to listen to the editing and all of this stuff after all of it was done. And what a beautiful conversation that unfolded that I cannot wait for you guys to be a part of. They had this great conversation around authenticity and social media and like what things like Instagram can do for real life. And typically you find that Instagram is a visual platform, but it's still you have to choose authenticity behind the words you share. And I just love the conversation that these two had around being authentic, but still being comfortable and okay with having some form of artistry around your imagery and things like that because that it's a thing like people are attracted to beauty so this is all about using your heart to bring information to the world while still living in your personal truth and I wanted to tell you a little bit about Jess she is an athletic trainer certified CrossFit trainer blogger recipe creator and podcast host with a passion for real food real connection and sharing herself flaws and all a recovering perfectionist just now focuses on supporting women in finding their truth nourishing their minds and bodies intuitively and creating joy in their lives as they navigate the motherhood transition she pours her heart and soul into the modern mama's podcast i personally have loved listening to this podcast i feel like i've gotten a chance to get to know laura and dress and i love the people that they bring onto their podcast it is so broad but it's so also, at the same time, the information is so pertinent to a lot of women in this day and age. So definitely go check that out. She pushes herself to be vulnerable every single day on social media. And I've personally seen that as well. Like she is so consistent, but she also does a great job at holding space for women to be their authentic selves. She's a recipe contributor on the newly launched Baby Making and Beyond program and finds her joy creating nutritious and accessible recipes for health. You can find her food creations, lifestyle posts, and podcast episodes at Hold the Space Wellness. And you can connect with her on Instagram at jess.holdthespace. 
you know, while she's not working, which does happen, she loves to spend time with her husband, Tim, two kiddos, Bear and Camille, and their two large Great Pyrenees rescues. They are her greatest accomplishments. Hope you guys get a chance to really dig deep, listen to this episode, find some space for yourself, and be able to just breathe it all in. Enjoy. Welcome everyone to today's episode of Rebel Heart Radio. I am so unbelievably forward for this conversation with my girl Jess. Um, you guys probably know her as Jess. Hold the space on so the Instagrams. Handsome. If you don't already, go run to your phone right now. Wait, you're holding it because you're listening to the podcast, um, and click follow and go check out um, everything that she's sharing. You are honestly, hun, one of the most authentic and just really real people on social media. And I think the word authentic is definitely overused, but I I think the truth is like, are you telling your actual real story on social media? Are you sharing your life? Are you sharing the good and the bad? Um, And the truth is, yeah, we get to all choose what we're bringing to the table all the time. But sometimes you choose to share things that I'm like, Oh, I don't know if I would choose to share that. And not because it's like a style. It's not. It's just like, oh, it's the vulnerability piece in me makes me go like, oh, okay, I should probably. Okay, I'm inspired by that. I should do something. (laughs) Isn't that crazy when sometimes the people that you um, that kind of give you that reaction inspire you to do something a little bit outside your comfort zone? I have those people in my life. I mean, for sure. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. You do that for me all the time, hun. You're such a vulnerable person. You really share, um, you know, the some details of your life that I think we all are just looking for some semblance of other folks who kind of understand what we're going through. Um, and just to know that we're not alone. Because I think in, and, and that's kind of the issue in this larger world of, that's so driven by social media, I think we can feel super alone. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, we're with everybody. It's like, well, you're not really with them. Um, <laughs> and you're, and you can feel really alone. So to be able to connect in that way and just understand like, oh yeah, my friend Jess, she struggles with anxiety too. Or, you know, Cassie struggles with just being a mom in general. Like, <laughs> all of the things about being a mom. I want to talk um, about that later too, by the way. Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> this let's is like, this, this is like girl talk here, girl talk radio today. Yeah. We're going <laughs> to, we're going to record a 10 part episode. Today. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, no. And this is why I want to have you here too, because um, there have been a few particular posts that you have done that have stuck out majorly in my mind. I know, you know, one of them that I'm, re- that I'm thinking about. Um, but you posted a photo of you taking a picture of yourself with your belly exposed after, um, you know, having two kiddos and just this long, gorgeous apology to your body. And it was so beautiful. Legit cried while, when I read it for the first time. And this was like what you posted it last year sometime. Yeah. So you guys got to scroll, scroll down. Yeah, that's find a, that was hard, but honestly <laughs> it wasn't hard. And I'm sure we'll get mm-hmm. into like the meat of um, you've mentioned like authenticity a couple times. And I think like it will merit like talking a little bit about the journey that mm-hmm. got me to that point. Because I mean, girl, there was like a kind of like a BJ. I was going to say a BJ like before Jess, but that's not <laughs> that doesn't sound right. That's not the right <laughs> word to choose. But like there was like a before and an after Jess. There's like these two very distinct 
periods of life and you know ways that I was living in um and it's like almost it's like the stark contrast where there was like I would never be caught dead showing my body like that before before Mm. this like at this kind of like catalyst of change and now it's like how can I not it's like I'm almost like it's like a compulsory to like share and it's very interesting to like take a step back um, and like yeah. view myself in that way because it's it's growth, man. It is growth, a lot of growth. Mm-hmm. And I I think it's so beautiful. And it's one of those things that I think the whole internet. I remember in that moment you didn't have a ton of followers yet, but the 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 response that you got in comments and likes on that one post mm-hmm. was like viral compared to the rest of your put. And every I everybody that follows you on the internet was sharing it in their stories and everywhere. And it was just this moment of all of us just kind of breathing this collective sigh mm-hmm. on social media of like, okay, like, cool. <laughs> My stomach looks like that too. We're all going to be okay. It's all but okay. It, no. And, and I know like, that's why you put your heart out there is to get to that place with other people where you're like, look, Hey, you have value too. Mm-hmm. I'm realizing I have it. It's taken, it's a process, right? Mm-hmm. But it's bringing that to the forefront. So that was one of the things that like just popped into my mind instantly when I was like, I want to record this episode about social media and just really like breaking through the highlight reel and getting past like what what's actually happening behind the scenes and all of this stuff. And how do we bring behind the scenes to the forefront and really share truly who we are and Um, I think it's, it's not easy to do. So I recently, I jumped, I was reading a a Forbes article recently that just (laughs) scathed on social media. The, the title of it, and I'll link this in the show notes for you guys is literally why everyone and everything on social media is fake. (laughs) And I was like, Oh, and it made my blood boil a little bit in a good way though. Cause it kind of stoked those thoughts and Mm -hmm. we, it's kind of totally, uh, it's just to get, you know, click it's clickbait but in the article they essentially talked about how you know with this massive amount of people that are that are joined into this concept of social media whether it be facebook or instagram or twitter or you know all those places snapchat i don't even know snaptagram is what my (laughs) husband calls it uh but um you know, I think, but we're not nurturing this need for these deeper interactions that actually feel really nurturing. And I think there are a handful of us on social media who are at least trying <laughs> to occupy that space. We're not perfect, right? We're not doing this exactly right. Right. Um, but one of the things they talked about was the element that's really missing in this kind of narrative is storytelling and how narrative is, he said, the sinew of life, and it gives context and depth to the information that we share. It's also the lifeblood of authentic connections, and without it, it's impossible to turn data and description into meaning. And it says, once you pull narrative into a social media context, others can then truly become a part of your story. Mm-hmm. And I think for those of us that are operating in a space where we really want to be building community, like so much of my goal on social media is building community. And I see that in you as well. Um, you're much better at it than I am in the sense that you're so consistent. You're so consistent with it. For me, I'm like, love social media. Three weeks, I'm out. I'm back for three weeks. I'm gone for three weeks. Is that for the rebel you in you? Me. Are you a rebel? I, you're a rebel. No, you're I'm not. not Liger. I, it's just my, it's my eightness. It's my don't tell me what to do. So the weird part. So for those of you that are like, what is she talking about? 
Um, I am an Enneagram eight, which kind of makes for a natural rebellious person. Um, but within the context of like the four tendencies, which we've talked about in previous episodes, I'll link in the show notes for you guys. Um, I'm an obliger. So I oblige to other people's expectations, Mm. but I have to like the person's expectations or like that, that I'm obliging to, I have to really respect that person. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of the caveat there. So I hit obliger rebellion a lot faster than probably the average obliger. They will oblige to just everybody. And I'm like, I'm not obliging to you. I don't even like you. (laughs) Who are you? I'm not obliging to you. (laughs) So that's, that's kind of the piece of it there. Um, and you know, I haven't gotten to a place where I think of social media in that context very much. So like, But recently I've gotten a few DMs that indicate that people have unrealistic expectations for me. Ooh, tell me. (laughs) Oh, oh goodness. Okay. This is is a good way to jump into it. Jump in. Um, I had someone message me to ask me about the nutritional therapy program and they were like, Hey, I've been following you for a while and I just want to know more about, you know, how you managed to do the NTP program, like while also having a family. And I'm like, well, I didn't have a family when I did the NTP program. Uh, but anyways, and I, I just hadn't responded yet. And it was three days and it was over a weekend. I don't respond to DMs over the weekend unless it's like personal stuff and I'm conversing with friends. Um, but if it's business related and especially if it's related to a service that I don't offer, um, which is like a consult about the NTP program. And of course I'll share in future and have maybe a video or an, a blog post that you guys can read about that. But that doesn't exist for me right now. There's many places where you can learn about people's experience. This person in particular wanted my experience and sent me a message three days later that was like, well, fine. I'm so glad you read my message. I guess I'll just go get this advice from someone else. And I was like, whoa how did you respond um (laughs) I didn't want to at all first of all um I but I just I sent her a message that said hey I think there's kind of a disconnect here to to you understanding that um this is a business for me and I need to check out on the weekends to be with my family Um, and I would love for you to just know that this is not a realistic expectation for anyone that you interact with on social media, regardless of this being me. And, um, but I had a moment where I was like, oh, you did not just tell me to respond to a message immediately. (laughs) But the one that let's just public service announcement, this shit right now, you guys, when you have a, a, even just a small, but relatively interactive following on social media. If you're on right then, it's really easy to respond. But when you get back to your inbox, if you're doing this whole like real, real storytelling thing, your inbox is full Mm -hmm. and you've gotten to this place. We've all kind of gotten to this place where when you step into that kind of weird social media influencer space, which I don't know if we're in that, I don't know. You know, I think you are, if you have one follower, absolutely. But truth be told, like it's, your your inbox on social media turns into your email inbox. Mm-hmm. You cannot expect an immediate response. Well, That's not how this works. Yeah, and especially if you're asking a question that is going to require a thoughtful time. It's going to take up your time because you can just go on and be like, yeah, it was hard or yeah, it was easy. And, you know, I'm assuming that's but not... But I wanted to give a good response. Right. That's not what you wanted. So I to read respond. it. I read it. I clicked mark unread. Mm -hmm. I kept it in the inbox and I was like, cool, I'll deal with this on Tuesday when I have a little space for this. Yeah. But Tuesday was not soon enough (laughs) for that person. (laughs) 
<laughs> so anyways, I tried to respond graciously, but honestly, I was actually like super fired up and pissed, which it doesn't surprise me at all because like my my emotion center in the Enneagram is anger, mm-hmm. but it's yours too. It's mine too, Enneagram which nine. is very interesting. <laughs> what would your response have been? Or have you had that experience before where people were kind of placing unrealistic expectations for you? I've never had that experience in particular. Um, mm. I would... So interestingly enough, I don't know if I've told you this, but I I'm signing up to be an Enneagram coach. Um, I'm going through a program right now. It is so oh, yes, it is. It's been life changing. It's for life me. changing. And it's one of those things where it's like when I got into nutrition or when I, you know, you know, parenting was life changing for me. So I decided to start a mm. podcast about it or, you know, decided to make this like my life's work. Anything that does that for me, I'm like, I have to know more because I need other people to have this gift that I've been given like it is so life-changing so um knowing that I'm a nine on the Enneagram and um we've had this conversation before a lot like I am drawn to eights um there's a lot Mm -hmm. of eights in my life because they have this these boundaries and this like directness that I I just crave it like I just wish I could be like that all the time (laughs) And I do, I learn a lot from like, from eights because we both have this issue of anger where a nine is like going to suppress it until it just like explodes out of them eventually one day, however long that takes. Um, You know, eights are like, (laughs) they're doing the best they can. They're going to let you know. They're going to like put up that boundary. Yeah. Well, the thing is, the thing to know about eights is that we are always suppressing our anger. Mm. 100 like when you look at an eight and you're like oh your intensity is too much for me their too muchness is already dialed down by at least 85 (laughs) percent before you even interact with them so they're already doing their damn best (laughs) and it doesn't give like obviously permission for immense amounts of anger but it's just knowing where that person is coming from you have righteous anger is what i like oh my god about right i like that okay i feel most of the time it's most of the time that comes from a place of truth it's like truth that a lot of other enneagram numbers or outside of the enneagram just a lot of other people acknowledge but like yeah. are afraid to say you know or maybe they can't acknowledge or it they maybe can't they're acknowledge in denial it. so I have to I have to insert this so uh you guys all know how obsessed I am with the sleeping at last podcast and the Enneagram song series that he did and it was the nine song came out a couple of days ago and my husband and I listened to it in the car he was like, yeah, I just don't connect with that. And I was like, oh, bro, you are not in touch with your anger. And I was like, do you not just not like the music? He's like, no, the music is nice. I just don't connect with the lyrics as much. He's like, I just don't have anger. And I'm like, yes, you do. That's so interesting. Oh, it was hilarious. And then and that was like the car ride out to our long. We had a long weekend away and a little bit of a road trip for a few hours. Um, and so on the way home, he was like, Oh, so I thought about it and I do have anger. <laughs> like, That's a nine. Yeah, but it was that it was that moment. Yeah, it was that moment for him where he was like, Yeah, I just, you know, just not I don't just anger's not efficient. Anger's not productive. And I was like, You mean anger doesn't keep peace? And yes. he was like, Ooh. Anger Ooh. doesn't rock the boat. And then we have to like we have to like push that away, the fact that like there's anger there. And then we have to come back uh-huh. to it in our own time, right? Like, yes. that's so funny. I love that your husband's a nine. That song crushed me. 
I was like, yeah, it, cr- it crushed me for him. Mm-hmm. I thought it would feel more internally impactful for me because I'm an eight wing nine. And apparently my nine wing is real strong. Mm. Like, <laughs> I get the I get the overwhelm with like the too many things to do. I shut down. I think like the whole the the sin, I, the language around this, I don't love. But like the sin of the of the nine is sloth, mm-hmm. which doesn't mean lazy. It just means like like I'm dead in my tracks. I'm blocked into inactivity. And that's really strong in me. I do have that happen to me. And so there's so many aspects of the nine that I really connect with. And here's the funny part. When I shared that the nine story or the nine song was coming out on Instagram in my stories, I haven't shared anything. And I was just like, I'm going to share this one thing. <laughs> I tagged my friends. I knew that were nines in the post I had seven friends comment back and be like, oh my gosh, I'm a nine and I can't wait for this to, like, I'm ready to listen to it. I'm so excited. So I legit have an inventory of quite a few friends that are nines. And I'm so drawn because of this. I think it's so powerful. Like I'm all about power, right? As an eight. And I think it's so powerful to see all sides of things mm-hmm. and consider those because I get so white hot and anger that I can't, I just, I can't see anything. I just can't see anything, but what I want and what I need or whatever. Right. And I think eights, eights in nature are actually pretty selfless, but we have huge selfish moments mm-hmm. for sure. Um, but the, the connection between an eight and a nine is this, this idea of fairness Mm -hmm. and justice. And that pervades every single thing. And all of these relationships that I had, I kind of took, took a step back and I was like, why do I connect with this particular person? Who's also a nine and this person and this person, it's almost all in areas of like social injustice or exactly what you said a few minutes ago, which was that you've picked up these pieces of information and you come to a point with it where whether it's beauty counter or it's um, the Enneagram or parenting or whatever it is that you're like, everyone deserves to know and or have a discussion around this. Mm -hmm. This should be common knowledge because it's been so impactful for you. Mm -hmm. And that's such a nine thing to do, but it's that justice oriented piece of you. It is. And you know, I'm going to, I'm going to go on a limb here because I do have quite a few eights in my life. And I'm going to say there's also knowing more about most nines is that the nines are unique in that they have a little bit of everyone in them. And they also, I think Mm -hmm. for an eight who vulnerability is very hard, right? Um, Being your authentic self is very hard. I feel like nines accept you. They see you for who you are and they understand. They see all sides, right? They understand why you're angry and they don't, they're not like, okay, she's a, She's a bitch. Why is she being so mean? They're like, <laughs> oh, I get it. The like, number of times I've received bitchy and bossy as a label is just, I can't even tell you. I know, but it's not true. I mean, I guess in some instances it can be true. Someone can be a bitch, but. No, it's, I mean, it's really, for me, it's not. It's yeah. just, it's that, yeah, it's the, it's the misinterpretation. But I think you're right. I don't feel misinterpreted by eights. I feel seen. And I think every type kind of feels seen by by nines. I mean, I think every type feels seen by nines. But as an eight, I feel it's more impactful for an eight to be seen Mm -hmm. in so many ways because we don't allow Mm -hmm. others to see us. Right. We don't allow that. Um, So anyway, is this an Instagram podcast? (laughs) Is this an Instagram podcast? Every well, I have to tell you, I think every podcast. (laughs) 
since learning the Enneagram is an Enneagram podcast, which is why I'm so excited for you to go through your Enneagram oh coach gosh. stuff. Cause I'm like, I'm just tell me what to do. I'll do it. I'm here. <laughs> yep. It's amazing. I love it so and, much. And I want to say, because the reason why I, I brought up the Enneagram is because a, I believe in therapy. I feel like therapy is a huge tool. The Enneagram is not therapy, but I feel like it is a tool for self-awareness. Unlike It'll any, tell you what you need therapy for. Oh my gosh. It will open your eyes because a lot of people think, I don't need therapy. I'm good. I'm great. But then you use this, the Enneagram as a tool for like self-reflection that does awaken you. It awakens you to things that you never really realize. And so it can guide you to therapy and it can also fill in those those blank spaces between like therapy appointments or at times of your life where you're going to therapy regularly as a tool to just help you further self-develop. Like I just, um, yeah. and that, you know, going back to the social media stuff and the authenticity, um, it has been instrumental in me allowing myself to like, I, I wouldn't even really even know where to begin to describe myself authentically without the the Enneagram. You know what I mean? Like, Same. I wouldn't know what to say. I don't. I didn't know myself, really, before the Enneagram, if that makes sense. Yeah, and it's it's having this deeper understanding of, of kind of why you are mm -hmm. the way you are. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't, uh, again, you guys know how much I love this stuff, and we've talked about it in a couple of episodes past, or 20 episodes past, I don't even know, <laughs> all the episodes. And uh, what it's allowed for me is space to understand where I have room to grow. Mm -hmm. um, and places where also I'm allowed to just like sit in a place of healing and just kind of love on myself and and be like those pieces are okay. Mm -hmm. And it's amazing what it unpacks. Like the discussion after my husband and I listened to the Enneagram Nine song and part of the podcast episode for that song, I I dug into a couple extra things that I had kind of squirreled away and blocked. Um, that were the pieces of me as an Enneagram eight that made me have to grow up quickly and some decisions I made around choose. I chose that. Like that was my reaction to that to me in my mind at the time, there was no choice, but I chose that over these kind of childhood dreams that I had. So it's really interesting to kind of go back to those and it just keeps new things just keep popping up around it all the time, which is why you absolutely need therapy. <laughs> So therapy. the Enneagram is what made me not necessarily realize that like therapy was going to be such a good tool for me, but it was like, oh, I need to do this right now. Mm -hmm. So it's like we're, we're doing the thing. Yeah, that's we're amazing. Doing the thing. I yeah, love that. but back to back to social media and like this realness thing. I mean, I think the thing that floored me about getting that message is I think a lot of people need to have a better understanding of what it means for those of us who are really trying to be so real and put ourselves out there on social media. Um, when you own a business that's like entirely like all of our marketing is, is centered around social media for the most part, right? Uh, of course, you know, in-person interactions, all sorts of things are centered around that. But the majority of what you and I do is on social media or on our podcasts. And you're putting yourself into a compromising situation, unlike everybody else who's consuming on social media. There's a huge difference between someone who's creating and someone who's consuming on social media. And, um, instead of using like our Facebook and our Instagram for cutesy things and baby photos, it's, it's not just documentation. We're not just sending birthday messages to each other and hilarious memes and videos. Although we are doing those things I do too. Do <laughs> I know you're the meme queen. I'm always oh, like, yes, we share that meme. <laughs> um, but I think you have to take a step back and think about 
you know, we're always thinking about how do we draw you in? How do we share our work? How do we make an impact in your life? And that's the overarching goal in everything that we both do, that we all do who are in this influencer space, um, who are, who are stepping into this, this realness and this authenticity. And for me, I think one of the most difficult parts is that people start to form opinions or expectations of who you are and what you post and what you should post. Um, and I think sometimes the pressure can be quite a lot. And I know I've seen, um, some of the other influencers in our kind of paleo nutrition space, get to a place where they're like, Hey, it's time for me to switch gears and start sharing about business and life and motherhood and, uh, all sorts of things. And their community lashing back and saying, no, you need to stay in your own lane. And they're like, Oh, hold up. But I think it has to do with this whole other people placing those expectations on you. And that pressure can be a lot. And I think we all can come back and, and roll our eyes and nod our heads at that comment and be like, yeah, whatever, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to occupy the space that I'm, I'm called to. Right. Um, but it's also, you still feel pressure in that moment. You're like, well, should I stay now? Just food? Like, where, where are we going with this thing? Um, and I've recently felt that shift in myself, and that's been going on for quite a long time. But like, pff, food is a piece of personal development. It is a small piece of that. And I think we have so much more work to do. And so many of the things that we deal with in the space of food have to do with the other things we're not dealing with in our life or what have you. And I know that both you and I have stories to that effect. Um, but here's what I want to say to all of you guys listening. And please share this if you're an influencer as well. If you're in the space, I know we have a lot of beauty counter consultants that listen to the podcast because you guys consume all of the amazing information from Genevieve and skincare, <laughs> everything. Um, but the real real is that like we're making a really conscious choice to share our lives on our blogs, on our Facebook, on our Instagram. Um, and yes, we choose the bits and pieces that are share worthy or that we decide we want to bring to the table, but that's our autonomy and that's our choice. Um, and I'm really sick of people talking about like how social media and like these real life moments kind of trump the styled ones in, in our feed. And this is what I want to jump into. I have seen a lot of backlash for people who are styling their Instagram feed to look gorgeous and then um, and just, you know, maybe throwing a caption or a story onto a photo that's not exactly directly related to that moment. And here's what you're asking us when you expect us to do that, to not be present in that moment, that important moment that allows us to tell that story in the future. Um, and when people land on your page, like the first nine images in your feed, like those are really important. They need to see exactly who you are, what you stand for. If you're selling something, if you have a brand, if you have a business, whatever it is, if you have something for people to consume, they need to see that and have a little brief understanding of kind of who you are and what you stand for. And if they're not beautiful photos, they're not sticking around. So if you don't post the pretty stuff, the reality is you're not going to be able to get the nitty gritty on the back end either. And so yeah. I love that Instagram stories exists. And I think you do a really good job of this because you are so super real in your feed, but you also have beautiful photos. Yeah. Um, I uh, to have two points to that to that whole topic. Yeah. The two points. I know is, I was ranting a little. No, bit. you're great. I love it. I, I'm <laughs> absorbing it all. The the two things is you kind of nailed it. Like we are not using Instagram in much the way that most people are. Um, we're trying to balance it as a business and to tell our story. And the real mm -hmm. real is that like 
they're kind of oppositional in a lot of ways. We have to understand the algorithm. We have to understand human psychology and why they're on the app. We have to understand that Instagram rewards behavior like beautiful photos and likes and comments and reshares. And we have to, we can't unfortunately walk blindly through that those, that knowledge um, if we are trying to build a business via Instagram or it's a part of our business. You know, we do use it. Um, in a variety of different ways. And so it's hard to navigate that. I'm not going to say that I have it all figured out, but I also, to your point about like stylized photos, I may have a message that, you know, like the photo of my stomach, right? That was a, to me, that was a beautifully shot, edited photo. Um, But the message was more important. And had I thrown it up there with like, I don't know, even just like a, a qu- bad lighting bad lighting a quote on terrible there. focus yeah, terrible photo yeah i think to myself or a quote is that what you or said like a, quote? a quote like a you know something yeah, that no wasn't quite that. gonna be this have the same impact that same visceral reaction like you're scrolling because this is just it's biology you're scrolling you're kind of mindless when you're doing it and you're gonna stop and you're gonna look at something that catches your attention and i felt my because I did I think I had one comment that was like did you really need to like share that picture for this message and it was like yes I did because the message to me was so important that I needed people Mm -hmm. to like hear it and so that for me is when I choose to because I have photos that are shot in the moment and not edited on my feed but for the most part um, I try and be intentional about what I do share there because it's also it's, it's art. It's a visual experience. Instagram is social media mm. nowadays. But then I also think about think about a old a good old fashioned brick and mortar business. Say you have a grocery store, and say that outside of your grocery store is just I don't know I don't even know the right word to look at it. Say it's just it's it's dilapidated. It's dilapidated. It's unclean. It's you know sketchy for lack of a better descriptive word. Um, but say you have the best food in there and you have like so many good things for people's health and all the stuff that you want to share, you're turning away so many people that need your product because of the way it looks on the outside. And I know that that's, that may seem shallow, but it's just human nature. It's not a judgment. It's just a fact. It's a fact, you know? So that's the way I look at it. And that's what guides me. I don't feel inauthentic when I post a stylized photo. I feel like... I am doing the best I can with the requirements of me that Instagram places on me to get my mm-hmm. authentic story out there because with the captions where it's at for me it's not necessarily the photo. It's like what do I have on my heart that I need someone to hear today? You know? It's connection. And you have to play the yes. game sometimes, um unfortunately. Yeah, you do. To get that out there. Yeah, you really do. I think and also I just to your point I, I think you're so right. Like you've, we've got to package whatever we're trying to say in this beautiful way so that you'll look at it because Instagram is a visual platform. It just is, you know, and it's literally proven that like an inspirational quote gets nothing compared to a selfie or a photo of yourself that's styled or whatever. Um, and so if you want to be able to land on this information, we have to be sharing with compelling images with beautiful images and that's not easy to do. So I would love to hear from you about like how you kind of choose what you share 
um, or if you even do, if there's even a process there for you, because I know for you, you're so heart led with everything that you do. Um, but you know, the truth is like we, we kind of, we both run multiple branches of, of business within our social media. Um, we have lots of things that we're doing, but you know, what I share on social media for me is only a small portion of my life. And I really hold a lot of these things that I do, a lot of these relationships really close to me. Um, and I choose to save a lot of those real conversations for face to face. And that doesn't mean I'm not being myself. Um, I don't need to post like every bit of every piece of me to be considered authentic and neither do you. But I think honestly, like some of my favorite moments in life period are the ones where I don't, there's no, there's no phone, there's no camera, there's no nothing. You're in the moment, you're appreciating it, you're being present. So how do we like, how do we balance that? How do we decide what to show, what to show and what not to show? And, and I will say for myself, like one of the things that's helped me a ton is literally like shooting in the moment and putting my phone away and posting later. Mm -hmm. Like we just do not post in real time. It's too much. That is such a good question. Such a good point. And I do the same thing. I try to, I don't, anything on my feed, I do not post in real time, um, ever, 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 ever. Um, stories for me is a little bit different. I, I view stories mm-hmm. at, I mean, I do view stories as kind of cliche. It's like more real life, but it's a documentation, uh, not a creation, right? Like I'm not really creating content on stories for the most part. Um, I'm just documenting hashtag real life. Um, and I have to go back because you you talked about being authentic and I think that's so important because I think about my husband, for example, who is a five and a five, there's no way in hell he is going to go on social media and talk about his feelings and post a picture of his body <laughs> or like, anything like that. And is that inauthentic? No, that's authentically him. So like for him to go on his feed and be like, I feel so sad, blah, blah, blah. Like, you know. Again, it's the Enneagram. It's like I, him authentically him is not Mm. being on social media or not posting things that are sacred to him. Same thing for an eight. It's like you want to protect some of those things are sacred to you. You want to protect those close friendships because now knowing a lot about eights, like that is important to you. You are going to defend your people. You don't want to, you may not, I'm extrapolating here, but like you may not want to expose the people that you love the most to any sort of Uh -uh. criticism not that people would but you never want to take that chance right like and you would never want them to feel that criticism like I'm going to protect them hard from all of that and so yeah that's a huge huge piece of it for me but also so side note are you gonna like teach us an Instagram strategy for every Enneagram type because that would be pretty that's a good point actually I'm just okay we're just throwing out ideas here (laughs) for future courses I've got so Um, many ideas because I just you're gonna be you're gonna be my Enneagram coach. Oh my god. It's gonna be amazing. I'm lit up by this, by the way. So it's hard because it's like again, so and this is going back to social media. It's like social media, and I can think of, and I'm sure you can too, the evolution of who you are as a person reflected in t- in social media. I started off with my account being a different name. It was all food, right? It was like paleo-ish. That was me. All food, that's all I talked about. And then I became a mom and I was like, I have all these things to talk about feeding my kids. And then parenting and name changed again, blog changed. And so I feel like 
I had that reaction when I decided, like, I'm a passionate about the Enneagram. I thought people were going to be like, oh, my gosh, roll their eyes. Like, here she goes again, pursuing something different. It's changing. But, like, to be, like, I don't know. The words, it's hard to describe. Like, in order to be authentic, which is, it's, like, so important to me, I have to allow myself to grow. And we all do, right? Like, well, and what's, what's being too many things to someone else is not being too many things mm-hmm. to a nine. Mm-hmm. Like you being too many things in someone else's world is probably just enough for you. That's true. <laughs> you want to, you want to, you want to come at it from all these different perspectives. But I think, I think that's such a beautiful connection too. I'm so glad this episode turned into, let's chat about the Enneagram oh in conjunction with like this piece. Cause I think that's so right. I think a lot of my hesitation is protecting my friends and family from being exposed to 13,000 people. Mm -hmm. Um, that's just not something that they necessarily want. Mm -hmm. And I, I want them to be able to own that. And so I, I know that I see that. So I share snippets, but not a ton. And I think going back to the, the discussion, like as you build your brand, like your brand is a living, breathing version of you. If you're doing it right, your brand is, unless you have like some product and you're, you know, there's production and, but even still then, like that story is a living, breathing portion of yourself. And so your business has to be this open-ended, ever-changing thing to match what other people need, but to match what, what you want to share and where you're at in your life. And I saw that cascade happen a ton. Like even in my nutrition consulting practice, I would, this has nothing to do with social media. It's the same vein. Like I would be working with nutrition clients and they would get their, they would get their autoimmune flare down. They would lose some weight. They would feel really good about themselves and improve their digestion or whatever it was, blood sugar. They get to the end and they'd be like, okay, well now I guess I should probably date. Like, and you turn into a, you turn into a life coach. Cause this, right. this aspect of life, it's like, okay, well the food stuff, like, yeah, that's trivial. It's solid. It's all, it's all taken care of. We know what to do over right. there. Right. Which isn't true. Not everybody knows what to do, but you're also, it's so smart because you're learning and growing alongside your audience mm-hmm. because your audience knows about food. Cause you taught it to them six years ago. Mm-hmm. Like your audience knows about um, self-care because you taught it to them three years ago and now they're going to know about personal development because that's the place you're in and they're journeying alongside you and so when we step into these new spaces a lot of times the conversation for me is like no one's going to want to be here for this because this is like so different that's your that internal dialogue I, you mean yeah yes that the internal dialogue for sure and and the same thing happened to me when I started talking about beauty counter I'm like who am I to talk about skincare and makeup like I'm a nutrition consultant and it's like well I'm a human so who am I not to talk about this issue I can't not and I think that that conversation just kind of continues to grow and it's the same thing throughout it's the same vein it's you have to follow what it is that you want to be putting out there into the world and if you're truly authentically telling your story Jess a big part of that now is the Enneagram. Right. So like you're stepping into your authenticity with that. I know. It's just mind blowing to see everyone through the lens, how you relate to other people. So for instance, going back to this, so like me as a nine, I'm extroverted and I'm a social nine. And so like for me, it's like I'm just hold the space on Instagram and 16,000 of my closest friends and I are just along on this journey. Like I have you ever and I'm like, yes. <laughs> love her so much it's a one comment and a, de- a direct message and I'm like oh she's awesome we're best friends now like in my head that's what happens um and that's me because that's what that's what I crave from this right um 
I crave for everyone to be my closest friend. I crave to know everyone. And so, for instance, like a seven may have interests and they may have a brand, they may have Instagram for business, but like they want positivity reflected back on them and they want, they just want, they want all the goodness and happiness that can come from Instagram. Or a five wants to learn something. Every time they're on Instagram, they want to learn something from someone that's following them or they want to learn something from somebody that they're following, right? So it's like all these different motives that I think can really help guide us in our interaction with social media but we have to understand what we who we are to a certain point so what is what is an eight one of social media i know what i want well i mean i don't know everyone you know right eights are very nuanced we all are right but um you know eights in general i mean you're just you're social justice you want close deeper connection with a a smaller group of people. Um, yeah. And that's just general. Am I like headed in the right direction? Yeah. I don't know everything yet. Yeah, I, I would say what I want from Instagram is to get something done. Mm. <laughs> mm-hmm. And if that if it's justice, great. If it's business stuff, great. It's whatever it is. Like we just need to get some, we get, we get some stuff done. Okay, <laughs> we got some stuff to do. Instagram needs to help us get those things done. (laughs) And part of that is connection and community in order to get those things done because they're going to get done better as a group. Mm -hmm. And I think, I think a huge part of it, I, yeah, you're so right. Like, man, okay, next step, Instagram strategy for multiple (laughs) Enneagram types. (laughs) I'm going to force this to be your first thing that you share. Um, But I think, I think for real, like, for me, I I just have to come into this place of this continual reminder of, um, you know, social media is such a big part of our culture mm-hmm. now. It's it's insane to have something like this exist that literally did not exist ten years ago, um, and that like or existed in a very small capacity, i.e., like Facebook in colleges yeah. only when you had your .edu email address or whatever. But, you know, we, we are growing up in a society where, like, all our families, our kids, everybody's going to grow up with this being a huge part of their life. Um, and we didn't have that. So we're kind of still that generation that understands the importance of, like, that in-person connection um, and, and kind of, you know, not necessarily looking at social media and thinking this defines who I am. Mm-hmm. Like, this exactly defines who I am. So for me, I have trouble, and I, I'm sure we all do, with looking at my feed and and feeling that way like is this is this who i am like does this define me this is a piece of me i'm choosing to share but what does this mean and i often feel like i kind of have to take pause and make sure i'm not finding value in like the social media version of myself that i'm finding that value in my true self um and obviously the enneagram is like a huge guide for that right Mm -hmm. so good um (laughs) no we're just both like oh yeah (laughs) Um, so for you, like, how, do, how do you work through that? Do you ever feel that way? Um, and how do you kind of take a, take a step back, take pause and make sure you're finding your value where you should be finding your value? Um, oh, this is so hard and I don't know if we can go here and we can touch on it as much or as little as you would like to, but I have a deep abiding sense of who I am through mm. my relationship with Jesus. And so, Oh, we can, we can get okay. into that. I'm for just, sure. So that's part of me. <laughs> and I share that on, yeah. on, um, social media quite freely, but 
that's taken a really long time. Um, I will say that yeah. that process has been painful and painfully slow. And I have been a person who struggled with eating disorders to be better version of myself, struggle with over-exercising, struggled with um, just self-esteem that was literally non-existent. And I have to say that my relationship with Jesus was hugely instrumental in like stepping into my identity. Um, and so I can't progress too far without acknowledging that. So I would say I, I no longer struggle with like social media being related to my value as a person, um, mostly because of that, but also because I do feel, I never look back with regret on something that I've shared Mm -hmm. or judgment because I really try to, this is truthfully, honestly, this is how I run social media. On Sunday or Saturday, I carve out an hour or two of time. I take look at all the pictures that I've taken from the week or the month. I have a stockpile of them. And I kind of sit down and I look at um, what's on my heart. Like, what do I need to share? Do I need to reflect on something? It's almost like a journal in some way, shape, or form. Yep. Sometimes I'm not necessarily sharing in the moment, like especially if I'm struggling, struggling. But I'm coming back from a lens of like, what did I learn from that struggle? Am I out of it? Am I still in it? Um, you know, I'll take a picture of myself crying or just a tough day or something. And I sit down and I write everything at once and then I let it go. I schedule it. Um, This is on my feed. And I do that for almost self-protection because I do feel like if I am on that app every single day, staring at the like, what do I say? What do I do? I'm, I feel, this is just me personally, I'm more, I'm, I would be more tend to be more inauthentic because I'm like, I just need to post something real quick. Like, but if I give myself the space to really think about what's on my heart and allow myself the time to process that via the feed, I feel like everything that I put out there is true to myself. And it's not always going to be deep. Like sometimes I post about food or I post about Topo Chico giving or sparkling water giving me a headache because that's what I'm thinking about. Um, and I, have, I just so happen to have a beautiful picture to go along with it. Um, so I feel like I've nailed down a process for me personally that allows me to get that done um, in a way that feels authentic. And I don't really even reprocess it after it's out into the open. Mm. If that makes sense. Well, you can't because if you do reprocess it, you're going to be like, I should just delete this right, right now. Right. <laughs> Exactly. Because you you stepped into an intentional place of vulnerability mm-hmm. when you were writing that, mm-hmm. and I th- I think that right there goes exactly against the idea that pre-planned posts are not authentic, mm-hmm. that pre-planned posts or images are not authentic. I think that's garbage. It makes me mad when people kind of come to that space because that's like saying when someone shares on their blog, it's not mm-hmm. authentic. It's like, well, I'm writing to you, like. It doesn't matter if it's in real time. Maybe I've been working on this blog post for six months and I finally got it out to you. Like that doesn't mean it that detracts from it. In fact, like I'm invested. Right. I'm here for it. I'm putting time into this. I care. That is such a fallacy. So, you could say then any form of art is inauthentic because someone has to sit down and write a book, even a memoir. Like they're not just going to be like, I mean, unless you literally take pages from their I, journal, which still, even yeah, then. Yeah. And I think it's, I think it's honestly dictated by this idea that started with Instagram, which was snapshots of right now, 
right? It was always like, oh man, if you had to post a photo that was taken before, you had to hashtag latergram. Like everything is hashtag latergram now. <laughs> yeah. But we used to post that. Yeah. We used to post that. It's like, so it was always like, oh, this is a snapshot of what I'm eating right now. And there's no caption with it. There was no story. It was just, you know, a smattering. It was almost like Tumblr. It was a smattering of photos. And um, I think you're so right. Like we've come to this place where like, whether you like it or not like instagram is art Mm -hmm. this is this is a place where people are putting their best foot forward they're spending a lot of time sharing information with you i think a lot of people on social media who are consuming that understand it but we do have a pretty good portion who don't um i was talking with tim before we got on because he my husband he's a five he knows everything there literally is to know about anything but i was like we're talking (laughs) about social media and he's and I, i told him the topic of like authenticity and stuff and he told me that, um, I don't know if you know who Casey Neistat is, but he's this like YouTuber guy who got super famous. He's just like a guy that made it. Um, and he created this app because his whole thing was like, I just want, I want it unfiltered. Like I don't, I want it like the realest real it could be. It's called Beam. And basically it was like, you held up your phone and if it was up in this position, it would record everything that you're seeing for 10 seconds. And as soon as you brought your phone down, it posted it. So you couldn't go back and like edit it or put a filter on it or caption it. Um, and it sold for a lot of money. Uh, I think he said to like CNN or something, but it never took off. It never, ever became this big thing. I, I'd never even heard of it before, obviously, because people actually I've don't want that. If you really think about why, why would it not take off is because... And especially just think about when you're scrolling and you are on Instagram, do you want someone's like unlit version? They're like, you know, fluorescently lit dinner, like on a paper plate. Like (laughs) this is what I ate, a sandwich and chips, you know, like. I am about to start a hashtag that's called hashtag paper plate club though. (laughs) It's the, I don't own a dishwasher hashtag paper plate club. I mean, I can get behind that. That's your authenticity. I know. We all we all have paper plate nights. <laughs> yes. But I to your point, yes. I mean, no one wants to see that. No. The people and will we tell don't you what, share that. what the people have spoken, essentially. And the like unfortunately people are gonna continue to give filtered until there's a shift, which I don't think there will be because never I feel like it's just but it's almost you're biologically wired to be drawn to things that are visually attractive it's not it's like we fight we'd just be fighting biology essentially um (laughs) it's it's crazy to think about it and I know it's like what do you and this is a question I have for you sorry I'm gonna (laughs) I have my own podcast so sometimes I'm like oh this is a question I want to know so I'm gonna reverse interview you here where do you think because we were talking about this again. People can kind of go two ways. I know a handful of people that have a really healthy relationship with social media. And then I know a lot of people, like, we're aware, we're aware what's happening, right? Like, we know that, like, we're getting sucked into social media. We know that, like, the likes and the commenting, they're, like, feeding our, like, we know scientifically what's happening. We're addicted. Dopamine. Dopamine hit after dopamine hit. And we get, what will happen to me occasionally is I get super frustrated. Like I'm deleting the app. I'm taking a long break. But unfortunately, most of the time, that drastic measure, it's not sustainable because I need to go back to Instagram. I need, I have a business there. I have a community there. It's the lifeblood of, it's one of the pieces of the lifeblood of your business. Exactly. And so where do you think, what separates those people that have a healthy 
sustainable relationship for those with those that just continually feel like they're kind of hitting a brick wall. They get pissed off, they delete, they come back, kind of repeating that cycle over and over and over again. Oh, you got to set boundaries. You got to set boundaries that work for you. Like you were talking about how you, you schedule your posts. I'm sure you do auto posts. They show up, you don't do anything other than respond to like likes and comments as they come in. Um, you know, we've talked a lot about like being active on your social media when your social goes live Mm -hmm. so that you can respond to people's questions and comments and stuff and, and, um, and be present in that moment. So it's kind of like you're present when you write it and then you pause and then you're present when you post it and, and then you're done. Um, and for me, for, for me, it has to involve actually turning notifications off. So I'm not knowing when I'm getting likes and comments until I have a scheduled time where I'm going back and taking a look at it, um, outside of that initial, you know, 20, 30 minute window where I'm kind of being present. And usually I'll do a post in my feed and then I'll immediately do a series of Instagram stories. So I'm still on the app and doing stuff. So if I do get a notification I need to respond to, I'm right there. I'm still in the space where I'm on stories and stuff. Um, and then when I hop off stories is like when I'm done looking at it. And, uh, I step away and, and, um, and move on. And for me, I just use honestly the do not disturb setting on my phone all the time for everything. So I, a lot of the work that we do is like head down, no distractions. If you want to be in a great creative space, if you want to be able to be there in a big way for your beauty counter team to create content for your podcast, whatever it is, like you need a space where you don't have this social media piece barking in your ear. And for me to maintain a healthy relationship, like that's a boundary that I set. It's like I have set times where I'm on social media and set times where I'm not. I'm not one of those people who you'll see the little green dot that's like active now. Like you're going to be like, is it, is she ever active? Like what's (laughs) happening? And I do go through periods. So the interesting piece is that I do think that I'm someone who does have a pretty healthy relationship with social media, but I also take long breaks. Mm and reassess and for me it's not always an intentional break it's just something that kind of happens naturally where I step away and say you know like I could post to social media right now but like I'm spending time with my family or I've got a big project work big work project that's like not connected to this and I think you know if you're someone who runs a business on social media of course you can't step away forever I probably step away for longer periods of time than I quote unquote should as a business owner Um, and that's something I'll work on continually moving forward with consistency. But for me, I'm just going to stay true to that. Like, this is just where I felt led to go. And I think the thing for me is, is working through the healthy part of it for me that I could get healthier on is understanding that when I come back, there's no explanation needed there. There's no, you know, I've been gone for three weeks. Like, hey guys, I can say like, hey, it's been a while. How's it going? La la la. But like, oh, hey guys, I'm sorry. You know, I've been doing this. I've been doing, like, there's no apology necessary when you take multiple days off of stories, feed, whatever it is. I mean, the last time I posted my feed was a few weeks ago. Last time I posted stories was a few weeks ago, a few weeks ago for the most part. And I feel okay about all of that. And that's taken a little while for me to not feel like I have to explain myself and I think the reality is understanding the people on the other sta- other hand, like the other side that are consuming, they're not sitting here going like, where's Cassie? Like my friends are. I, I my definitely friends are like, wonder where, where you are. <laughs> <laughs> but, but you I noticed notice that I do because it. I, I care about you. Not yeah, just because I'm consuming friends. your content. But the, the general community, I think it's just understanding that, you know, what we do in this space is a small snippet of everything else that we do. Um, and again, it's, it's, unless you pull away that piece of like, I'm not getting my value in this place. Right. 
Um, and you know, we talked a lot about like personal value coming from your personal conviction and belief in Jesus. And I'm in that same place, like here we are. Um, but, but I think a lot of times, like just on the flip side of that, we, we think of our value in business Mm -hmm. coming from social media too. So I think there's a, like an even deeper layer there to kind of flesh out maybe in a future discussion. But, um, but yeah, for me, long, very long story short, like I, I think just boundaries around social media allow me to keep a healthier relationship. Um, and that takes a lot of self-awareness. Um, and it's taken a long process of me being like, okay, what pieces of this app are good for me and what pieces are not. Here's the piece that's not the, the constant dopamine hit of knowing when I have likes and comments. Mm-hmm. Cause I'm a good writer. Mm-hmm. I put good stuff you out are. there. I, 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 I believe, well, it's not even like, I, and so are you, like, I believe in what we're doing. I believe in what we have to say. And so many times we hop on someone and we're just like, Oh my gosh, like, yes. <laughs> like, you know, and you, you want that too. You, we want to feel seen. We want to feel heard. And, and yes, there's the science behind a like and a comment is a dopamine hit and that's all well and good. But also there's this genuine feeling of feeling understood and like what you're, the effort that you're putting into everything that you're doing, that it matters. And, you know, we don't need those like and, likes and comments to know that it matters, but it, it's good feedback. Like it's actual real yeah. feedback from the app telling you, you know, this is, this is good what you're putting out there in the world because real stuff does get good interaction. Yeah. Well, right? and, and the real, real of it is it's designed that way. Again, this is Tim and I talking cause he knows everything about Facebook apparently, but it, originally I don't think there was a like, there was a like function um no there no, wasn't there wasn't there was not and they engineered it that way because they were like i mean it's just it's all they have like what did he call it um attention engineers that work for companies like facebook who are trying to Ugh, figure out keep how do app. we get your attention how do we get you to stay on the app and i find i i'm a living example of this i will say for instance i need to go on instagram i gotta respond to this message and get her email real quick because i'm gonna send her an email so i'll open up the app and of course my feed's there and I'm like, oh, and I'm like scrolling. You can't see me, but I'm, I'm doing the scrolling thing here. Uh, I'm scrolling. Got her finger. It's yeah. Going. And then I'm like, literally 10 minutes later, I'm like, what, what did I come on here to do? I came on here for a specific yeah. pur- purpose and now it's like 10, 20 minutes later and I haven't even done what I set out to do because Instagram has done its job. <laughs> it's okay. So can I, can I give you a little trick? Yes. Literally say it out loud. Be like, okay, I'm going to get on Instagram right now and I'm going to go find Cassie's email. I'm going to go into her. Okay, I'm going into her. <laughs> like, it sounds so dumb, but this is why people talk to themselves in their workflow. Yeah. Because if you're talking, there's no back end mechanics going on that are like, oh, let me. Because what, what would you have to say that you were doing? You're like, oh, let me just hop on Cassie's feed and like see what she's feeding her son for breakfast today like oh that's it you know you're saying it out loud it sounds it sounds so dumb but it's an exercise that a a productivity expert shared with me a long time ago when you're trying to to multitask and I was like oh that's pretty genius that is amazing I'm gonna start doing that so I have to catch myself if I'm in a coffee shop working I'm like talking to yourself. Talking to myself. I'm like, thank God the weather is nice now in Oregon because I can be outside on the patio in the coffee shop and be the only weirdo that's talking <laughs> to myself outside because no one else is out there right then. Like it's you have more more space for the nature to absorb your random <coughs> sounds that you're making. 
But anyways, I, yeah, it's one of those things where it, it's again, like it's, it's about finding boundaries and choosing silly little tools to figure out how to make it work for you. Um, and I think this entire like message is, is just that like social media is, is there for, for you to serve, but it's also there to serve you and you got to step back and figure out, okay, what are the ways in which this is serving me? And what are the ways in which it's not? And give yourself permission to let go of those things that are not serving you. So I have some friends who are wonderful people who post some things that are kind of triggering for me. I don't follow them or I, I have the, the, you know, the, they're muted or whatever. And I, I'm still connected to them. I still talk to them and maybe like I can catch what they do in their stories or I can't, or maybe I, you know, and, and some of it is so simple. It's like, I see someone literally like bust out a workout every single morning and they like are in a sports bra and I see their six pack and I'm like, why don't I have a six pack? I'm like, well, cause I have a real life, <laughs> um, but, or my genetics are not, are not helping me yeah. with that. So, I mean, but it's those places where you feel yourself um, comparing, judging yourself. If there's like a, a loop of thought that always happens when you hop on one particular person, you can still like that person. You can still love that person and not consume what they have to say. And I have some family members that I do that with too, where I, I have to shut it, shut it off because of that kind of relationships that, that we have and, and any triggers that might be there. So I think again, it's right. It's always about self-awareness, self-awareness always. and healthy boundaries. Like, yeah it's okay to have boundaries like it's okay to love someone and also be like I can't have you in my life 24 7 I and that applies to social media exactly yeah so so just remembering like that that's your choice Mm -hmm. like what you consume what you share like all of it is your choice and you know it's it's okay just just sit back Look, look at how everything is working for you and figure out a way to make it work better and make it serve you. And if it's not great, maybe it's not part of your life. And if it is great, figure it out. But yeah, man, it's crazy. What are, what are some boundaries that you set other than like pre-posting? Pre-posting early? is huge. Um, I mean, that's, that's the main one because I find it's like going to the grocery store. If I go to the grocery store five times a week, I'm going to spend more. If I get on, if I give myself the opportunity to get on Instagram multiple times a day, even if it's like, I got to post, I'm just opening up that floodgate to be sucked in um, more. I try to create more than consume, but that's very, I mean, Mm -hmm. that's not a, that's, you know, who's to say like what, how much is too much? Well, when you, when you step into a place of creation, you automatically create more than you consume because you don't have any more effort left after that. Like you've got, you can watch your 10 friends, Instagram stories. You're not looking at any of their feed Mm -hmm. posts. Like I rarely look at my friends feed posts unless they share it in their stories. So make sure if you're marketing (laughs) on Instagram that you're doing that. Um, it's a beautiful thing that, that started for us to be able to use that tool. Um, but yeah, I, I think, um, I think that's just, really that's what happens. I mean, and it's the same thing is, when you, anytime you start creating content, you just have less bandwidth to consume are. it. A lot of times people don't even that's know just a fact. totally what their, ba- the same well, like I said, what their boundaries podcast, are. And so the exercise was like to essentially write all the things that really Which is sad, but at the same time, if on your deathbed, it's okay. You were like, 
someone yeah, asked I have to what interject was most important here. I've been reading this You're, amazing book. You know, you and wouldn't I know say, it's been kind of floating around. The I internet, just love that I got to I watch about it from Cassie's Instagram Elena, stories you, every you day. Know, and I wish I could have done um, that more. Yeah. I mean, not that I don't love you, but you know what I mean? Like, that's not the thing. No, it's not part of your deathbed thought process. And so it forces you to get pretty nitty gritty. And then it forces you to then evaluate your day. Um, and this is bit this is big a lot I see with people who are contemplating doing something like beauty counter for instance they say yes uh, a big fear or objection is I don't have the time for that you know I I've got a busy life and the truth is we all have 24 hours in a day we all have the same 24 hours a day and we can all spend it differently right and one of the things for me was okay I like connection but I don't necessarily love social media. But yet here I am spending huge chunks of my day. This is, I mean, not always, but huge chunks of my day consuming like hours, two to three hours a day. And it's that's not uncommon. It's not uncommon. It's very normal. And you don't realize it because it's like every hour I'm like, I'm going to check Instagram and see if someone liked my thing. And then I get sucked in for 20 minutes, 20 minutes, 20 minutes every hour. You know, it adds up. And so that for me was eye-opening and allowed me to see what my boundaries, in order to live authentically and pursue the things that are really important to me, I need to A, know what they are. So that's a good exercise to do. And then B, protect my time and what I direct my time to should be the things that are important to me. Does that make sense? It makes more sense than (laughs) you know. (laughs) Because I'm still in this process, so it doesn't always make sense in my head. No, it makes perfect sense. I think, um, and just tiny tangent, like we, I, I had a mastermind retreat recently with my, with my business mastermind that I'm a part of. We were in Texas. It was amazing. One of the things and exercises that we did was like vision, like where, like the vision of your life five years from now or something like that. Every single one of us in this group are like hard hitting, multi-passionate entrepreneurs. Like we're all ready to take over the freaking world. Let's go everybody. (laughs) And all of us had some sort of vision that involved family, children, nothing. And all of us, the thought, like for me, I I just knew, I knew everything was going well in my business and I knew everything was okay in that five-year vision, but it had to do with my children and my husband and the home we had created and the feeling that I had around that. And I think that's just it. Like when we take a a minute to boil it all down. You know, social media is something that allows us to connect, but it's not dictating. It's a, it's a small piece. It's going to change so much. It's a small piece of, of this idea of like what we value in life. And it's, it's just, it's a form of communication is all that it is. You know, we would never put social media on the same plane as like a telephone, but it is, it's just, a different capacity there's tons of added layers to it and it's so much more complicated now but I think I think that's exactly it you sit down and you think like what's actually a priority to me and I think to know what a priority is to you sometimes it's really helpful to be like what do I want my life to be like in five years you know and it's not just okay well what are the steps that are going to get me there it's what are you seeking and for me like there was I had a big realization it was like one of the things and overarching themes of that thought process for me was like I felt peace and calm in my home and then when we stepped back to talk about it I was like I do not feel peace and calm in my home I work from my home so home feels like I'm still at my job so for me one of my steps was like creating a boundary there and disconnecting with 
um, and, and not working from home as much as I can unless I'm recording a podcast or on an important call where I have to be the feature and I can't have a bunch of background noise um, or sending stuff like via to the post office. Like, I mean, you know what I mean? Like those are my three <laughs> tasks where I have to be at home and everything else I'm gone. Um, and just that creating that boundary allowed me to achieve this overarching feeling that I had felt for a long time just wasn't possible. It's like, well, I have to work from home. It's like, well, do you, you don't have to do everything from home. Um, and I don't want an office. It's not a thing, but I just, I, I, I remember writing down, like I had this sense of peace and calm and below it, I wrote, you can have that right now. And so I think the same is true when we disseminate our priorities. Like we just have to have this bigger view of like, not just what's important, but what's going to be important to us in 10, 20, 30, 40 years. Cause that's, what's important now. Oh my gosh. Right. Yes. It's so powerful. Right? And I feel like, Again, just going back to the Enneagram, like we're living in this state of disconnectedness from not only, we're the most connected we've ever been. I think this is a quote, I didn't create it, but like we're the most connected we've ever been because of things like social media and the internet, but we're the the most also unhappy as a like, just a humanity. We have the most depression and anxiety, ADHD diagnosed. We have all of these mental health issues that who knows the cart before or the chicken before the egg, like what came first, you know, yeah. all of these things. But like it, we have to wake up <laughs> like, you know, you have to be aware. And that's what I look like when I see myself three, four years ago, I was just asleep. I was asleep to who I was. I was asleep to who other people were. I was asleep to like my purpose. I was asleep to that's an Enneagram word. Like you, you awaken to who you are and it's so powerful, but that's the first step, right? Like, and again, going back to like beauty counter, why I love it so much is the connection, but it's also seeing women because it's just kind of like a metaphor sort of, I think that's the right term, but like that first step, because so many people are like, I'm afraid. I don't want to do that. I'm afraid of what other people are going to think of me. I'm afraid. Like, I don't want to talk on social media. I don't want to be authentic or vulnerable. I don't want to be judged for this. And it's so, so, so cool and rewarding to see people take that first step. And everyone's process is different. And it, they may take that first step and say, I want to do beauty counter because I'm passionate about it. And I, this is something I believe in. And then I still might struggle with it for a year. But it, it's seeing someone start that process of awakening to something and doing something scared, which people don't do enough of these days, right? Like, it's so easy to play small. Why are we on this topic? <laughs> I, I I'm getting on so many tangents right now, but, um, Oh, listen, I mean, I have my friend Brienne, who's my business coach. She did a podcast episode on the fear of outshining. Mm. And that was like, it was fire. And it was, ev it's everything like we have, you know, playing small that that version is different for every single mm -hmm. human being. Right. But, but we have no business doing that. Like, and frankly, if we want to get the real, real, like God didn't call you to be small mm -hmm. like you know <laughs> what whatever you believe in like what you feel called to do you are not called to be small in that space like you're meant to take up space yeah right take, take it, up. it up take up space even on a bigger even take if, if you want to take the term god out of it the universe <laughs> i mean who are the you universe. serving yep by hiding <clears throat> by waking up every day and 
yeah like playing it safe and going to bed and doing the same thing and there's nothing wrong with a simple life if that's what lights you up and that's what you feel called to do um there's absolutely nothing wrong yep. with that I don't want to glorify busy or like hustling or anything like that but it's like no no it has nothing to do it's, with that it's feeling something a heart stirring I like to kind of call it um a heart stirring and when you shut that down and when you ignore it and when you push it down you're playing small, whatever it is, whether it's like, I would just like to paint more for myself and you decide not to do it because you don't have time or because, you know, variety of reasons. I don't want to share my work or whatever it is. Um, you know, you are, you're, you're just playing small and you're not doing what you're here to do, which is to create the expressive, live in joy, live in freedom, like all of these wonderful things. Like you're just, you're, you're and you're being selfish with your gifts essentially like i'm gonna call you out and be like you're being selfish we need you like we need more of what you have to offer we don't need people looking like sheep Mm. and we don't need people squashing their talents and their dreams and their goals and their vision that's it (laughs) that's all i have to say about that i mean i feel like we should just leave it at that (laughs) i will say there was um it's there was an entire the spring issue of the magnolia catalog had this on the front and then they had this beautiful huge cutout and i have a photo in front of it from or a piece of art um that's metal art in the main like entrance of the magnolia home store in waco texas and it said the world needs who you were made to be and i was just like yes this is it this is where this conversation went today you guys (laughs) Deep, deep thoughts. Always deep thoughts. Oh, yes. Always deep thoughts with you, my friend. Well, I am so excited that you joined us today. I'm really excited that you took the time. I know this is just the first episode you're going to join us for. I will come back anytime. (laughs) Hopefully many, because I feel like a lot of our conversations have been those in which we probably should have recorded. Isn't that, I mean, that Um, And that's how Genevieve... Well, that's how Genevieve and I started a podcast in the first place. So we'll make sure Genevieve's here for the yes, next one. And definitely. We can break it down even more. So I'm so grateful for you, friend. Thank, Thank you. Thanks for joining us today on this episode of Rebel Heart Radio. You can visit our website to submit a question at www.rebelheartradio.com. Or you can hop on our Instagram. You can ask us anything. We love to get to know you guys. Don't forget to subscribe and give us a review on iTunes and we'll catch you guys on the next episode.